0: I'm 19, 19 years old. I like to listen to heavy metal. I uh, I like to sit in my room and play air guitar. I like to
1: dance around the room in my underwear. Would you just get over it and get therapy like I did?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another uh, fantastic episode of Two Bearded Losers. Um, Once again, we took a little bit of hiatus, but you know what? We like to do this uh, podcast whenever we just feel like it, just to keep it fun and fresh. Um, I'm Eric from Hey Internet, Eric here. And as always, I'm here with the Mick Garris to my Stephen King, my buddy friends. And uh, we got an interesting one for you guys today. It's kind of a double feature. Um... There is a certain director who I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to say it one time, and if I butcher it, I butcher it. He has directed two films back-to-back that Me and Frenzy really enjoy. One is is a movie that anyone from our age range has heard of. You might not enjoy it, but you at least know what it is. And the one that he directed right after that is a movie that pretty much only me, friends, and maybe three other people know about. To my knowledge, um, the director's name and I'm going to pronounce it Atte Jong. It's A T E D E J O N G. I
1: was wondering how you pronounce it. It's, it's close, but it's Atte de young.
0: Okay. Um, he the, the first film <laughs> he directed <laughs> was uh, is the is the one that both me and Frenzy love that everyone has at least heard about. Drop Dead Fred. Um, One of the most bizarre, I'm going to say, children's film you can think of. A lot of people don't think it's a kid's film. I do, and I'm pretty sure Frenzy does as well. It is. And he went from that bizarre to cranking it up. It's a cliche, but he cranked it up to 11 with his follow-up Highway to Hell, which stars uh, Chad Lowe and Christy Swanson and the entire Stiller family. Um, should we do a brief plot synopsis of each of them and then just bullshit? Yeah. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, um, Drop Dead Fred, I don't know the years off the top of my head that they were, I think Drop Dead Fred was 90 and I think Highway to Hell was 91. I could be wrong. But basic, basic plot of Drop Dead Fred is we're fine. We follow Phoebe Cates. She's kind of having like the worst Time of her life, her husband is cheating on her, like her marriage is failing, so she's forced to go live with her mother. And um, her mother is a super controlling woman, um, has been her entire life. And long story short, all this has triggered her imaginary friend from childhood, drop dead Fred, played by Rick. Is it pronounced Mayall?
1: You can say male,
0: male. Mayo? Okay. Um, he is her is her he was her imaginary friend he comes back to life and he is basically I always thought he was kind of like animal you know the the Muppet yeah but just who could speak English and had a British accent (laughs) and basically (laughs) he creates chaos for her but it also he also helps her Except the fact that her mother is a controlling bitch, her husband's a piece of crap, and tries to, quote unquote, help her move on. Uh, and Carrie Fisher's thrown in there as the best friend for good measure. And then the basic plot for Highway to Hell, if there is a basic plot, the Highway to Hell is, um, we're following Chad Lowe and Christy Swanson, they're lovebirds, they're going to Vegas to elope, and they meet Richard Farnsworth from Misery. He's the, he's the old man who who runs the gas station in the middle of, the, of nowhere, finds out where they're going. And he's basically, he does the uh, the whole uh, Judd Crandall, don't go down that road, you know, stick. And of course they go down that road. And what happens is it triggers the hell cop. The hell cop is basically one of the many police officers of hell. He comes, kidnaps Christy Swanson, takes her to hell. Chad Lowe goes to hell to rescue her. And it's, one of the most visually impressive and creative movies I've seen, but man, it's, it, it's got a small audience that I know of that I think deserves a spotlight, even if it's not really air quotes, the best film, you know, <laughs> bless its heart. It, it, it really, really tries. So I don't know. How, how do you, how do you want to go about this frenzy? Um, I, I, personally, I personally love Drop Dead Fred. I've recently watched it to, to make sure it wasn't just nostalgia glasses. I still think it's great. Um, it's definitely still got you know the kids' humor. Um, but then I like it more as an adult because I can see a lot of the adult themes. And I can realize how good of a drama it is towards the end with that whole sequence of it's basically Fred saying goodbye. To, to to Phoebe Cates and he's helping her. Like I said, accept the fact that her mom's controlling. That that Charles, her husband, is a piece of garbage, and making her stand up on her own. And it, you don't realize when you're a kid, but how how sweet of an ending that is. And I like how it goes from batshit crazy to very sweet at the end. And that's something I, I I never picked up as a kid. And then as an adult, it also shows how more I guess, respect I would have for Rick as an actor, because he literally is he he's you know, it's, it's a it's a cliched term. Like he's on crack for like the first 90 minutes with that last 10 minutes. He's so sweet and endearing and really good with the drama. And I, I personally I loved it, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of it. But that, that, that's just my initial thing that I want to say that it, it, it was great as a kid. And I could appreciate it more as an adult.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it has a complicated history behind it. But what, all the stuff you're saying about how it's, um, it has layers and there's more adult things, that's what made great children's movies up until now. It's not some mystery. It's, this is another one of the great, the, the, the golden age of children's films was the 80s, was mm-hmm. the 80s. 70s leading into the 80s and then early 90s um and like subconsciously drop dead fred is just the person that you know uh it's like her id trying to break out Mm -hmm. and he's just trying to help her be her own person instead of living by you know uh letting people walk all over her and this is just another one of those uh misunderstood and uh underappreciated movies um, Mm -hmm. that especially at the time at the time these these the critics destroyed it yeah but without addressing the fact that it's a children's film Mm -hmm. and to me that's just ridiculous but the one thing that's not um that's misunderstood about this is that it wasn't a flop it was a huge flop in america but it was a hit all over the world so the only reason he got to make highway to hell is because this was a hit it, it's technically a hit because you know mm-hmm. they sold the movie to 60 countries and um it has a huge following even more in the in europe because rick Mayall is so famous well mm-hmm. he's dead but um so what's what really sucks is the blu-ray has mm-hmm. been out over there for years yeah it's got alternate endings and all the stuff i've never seen commentary and uh we're it's like we're never gonna get it, and I, I've actually thought about getting a um, one of those, one of the non-Region DVD players. Region free, yeah, yeah. But it's like I'm not gonna do that for one movie.
0: Well, I've I've talked to a couple people because you know I know people who know people when it comes to like getting movies and stuff. And um, one one guy that I know who who does do like custom Blu-rays and stuff like that, his deal is he won't do a custom Blu-ray if it's on any type of format anywhere in the world. And I've asked him about Drop Dead Fred, he says he can't do it, he, or he won't do it because it's in the UK, but he did verify to me, he said that UK Blu-ray, I mean, I'm still kind of iffy, like on eBay and stuff, but he said that click, UK Blu-ray is a misprint. It is not region B. It is actually all region. So it oh. should play. So if I find one that's cheap that I can test it on, I'm, I'm gonna buy it on eBay just oh for the God. bonus features yeah yes because yeah, we have it it's an it's out of print on DVD here and it's it's bare bones and this is a movie I would love to see how this director directed Rick because I haven't seen a lot of his stuff until me and you started talking about doing this episode and you sent me a lot of his stuff from uh is it the young ones
1: mm-hmm. oh, and then wow. that
0: other show he did which i thought was a lot more funny and I'm just like this man was really talented. He was—he's like this, in everything you've sent me. Only oh, he's, he's a little bit more crazy and manic in Fred.
1: Well, his his the thing that um, people know him for, other than the young ones in general, is his—he's um, into ultra-violent comedy. <laughs> so, like, we're talking about what what he's really uh, his passion was. We're talking like. Uh, the three Stooges on steroids okay which is what bottom is and which is which is funny because he's not he has this persona as this outrageous like violent slapstick comedian but he's also done uh, more grounded realistic comedies and shows that are brilliant like the the New statesman is one of the funniest shows like I've ever seen and his he's a you know like a corrupt politician mm hmm But he still still wedges in some of the slapstick stuff, but it's mostly him just bullshitting and manipulating people the way that a real politician does. (laughs) And the way that he rises up from nothing to power, it's, you know, so he's very underrated and appreciated because the (laughs) worst thing that you can be, the curse of death in movie industry, period, in America, England, or whatever, is slapstick. They fucking hate that. Critics. Really? Oh, yeah. If you have, I mean, they hate it more than anything. If you slapstick comedy to them is just like the lowest common denominator. That's why he's not famous here. Hmm. Like he's still not famous here.
0: Yeah, because honestly, other than Fred, I only know him like he he's he's one of the bar patrons in the very beginning of American Werewolf in London, and that's all I know him from. And I couldn't even tell you which one he was.
1: He's just he doesn't even have a line in that. He just sits there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because John Landis obviously saw the young ones when he was over there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so sad because um if you watch any just watch an interview with him. I've I've read his book, I've seen all of his shows. He's really uh like this super sweet, sophisticated person. Uh, kind of like Rowan Atkinson when he's not mm-hmm. playing Mr. Bean. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever and then reason, he, they
0: were together in the Black Adder too,
1: sure. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, fucking Rick Mayo steals every scene that he's in
0: when mm-hmm. he comes
1: in as like, uh, uh, what the hell is his name, Lion, Captain Lionheart or whatever?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: god, uh, he's like a tornado of comedy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, yeah, that's great. I forgot about that.
0: And then um, what I like is, I mean, we, we're, we'll we add more to, to Fred. is um he went from that zany sweet you know type of movie this director to Highway to Hell and Highway to Hell I had never heard of to be honest um I probably never would have ever heard of of it until there there was a chance there's a chance that me and my dad were watching TV this was I'm going to say 93 cuz I think it was like when Freddy's Dead came out okay mm-hmm. and he turned something on it was called the Horror Hall of Fame we had seen it on TV. You know, we had never seen him before. He threw a VHS tape in, and, and I think I might still have it somewhere. I'm not sure. But it was basically like the Oscars, quote unquote, hosted by Robert Englund. They, I mean, they had the Crypt Keeper there and Chucky awesome. and, and Elvira on and this. And one of the shtick, yeah, it was 93 because um, one of the, I don't know, uh, skits or whatever, Gilbert Godfrey came out on stage and he had, and you know, it's Gilbert Godfrey. And uh, he had something attached to his head, the, the stick is. And every time he said something vulgar, he'd get electrocuted. OK, that that's not really that important. But what it is, is his thing was, I'm going to tell you upcoming horror movies. And he showed the Addams Family. He showed clips from, you know, not really the trailer, but it was like the first footage of these movies. Like he showed clips from the Adams Family Um uh, da, 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 Alien 3. He showed clips from Alien 3. And then he showed Highway to Hell, which looked like the weirdest fucking movie I could ever think of. And what it was is all they did was they showed, you know, a two second clip of this, a two second clip of this, a two second clip of this. And they ended with the scene where Chad Lowe is driving through hell and he, he has to get to uh, Hell City, which is the center, because that's where he thinks uh, Christy Swanson has been taken. And he sees the sexiest hitchhiker in the world because it's played by a 1991 Lita Ford. And um, he's like, how do I get to hell? And she jumps through uh, the passenger window, the door, the windows down. You see down her shirt and everything because it's Lita Ford. She likes showing everything. And she says sex, drugs, and rock and roll because it's Lita Ford, right? right. And he says, okay, I could take you to, to Hell City. And she says, oh, can you grab my husband or my boyfriend or whatever? Okay. And it it goes from that cool sexy moment with Lita to you find out who her husband is he's this crazy ice cream man and he's <laughs> running after he runs after Chadlow and he he's trying to get in the car and he literally Chadlow's driving through the desert and the guy's hanging on top of the roof of the car and literally he is like this ice cream man like he's got the paper hat and he's got like the white suit and the bow tie and everything and then Chadlow finally stops and the guy slides down on the windshield, either the windshield or the side of the car, I don't know. And he says, I'm going to scoop your brains and giggles. And he, he's got the, the ice cream scoop and he clicks it a couple of times. I think he, the bell rings or something like that. Chad pulls out a shotgun, shoots him in the face. And what, what, th- what made me always remember this scene is not because, because they showed the whole scene. It was, only on, it was like on Fox, like back in 1993. So there was no blood or anything because the, what, how they got away with it is you can tell it was, I don't know if it was papier-mâché or what. It's just his head ended up getting like a huge hole blown into it. They didn't hide the fact that it looked like crap. Then he <laughs> slides down and he says, scoop your own brains. And that was the last I had seen of that movie until I had gone to like a blockbuster and I saw it on VHS. And I'm like, that's the movie. And I watched it, and I'm like, I, it took me like three or four times to watch it because I'm like, I don't know if I enjoy this movie, but I like seeing the visuals because of the creativity of it. And then eventually it did grow on me. I eventually bought the Blu-ray from like Kino Lorber, you know, so, you know, it's all cleaned up and there's a couple bonuses that aren't really worth a damn. But it's, it's, it's cool that something like this that I could have, ne- I only saw by chance has become one of those films that I'll always remember because of just the visuals and the creativity, not necessarily like the execution of the film.
1: Right. That's insane. So
0: I, I have fun watching it just to see everything on screen, not basically the whole ride, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. You have a crazy history with that movie. That's I do. I love it because it's
0: all thanks to Gilbert Godfrey. Is it? Isn't he in it? Oh, yeah, he is. I forgot. Shit, because I said uh, there's, a, there's another scene, <laughs> there's a scene where um, the hell cop has taken Christy Swanson hostage. And it's another visual thing. I, I said it in, in my video for this, is his handcuffs for Christy Swanson are literally hands that he yep. puts on her wrist and, you know, encompasses her wrist. And, of course, he stops at a, at a greasy spoon and he meets the waitress, which is Ben Stiller's mom. He meets one of the cops, which is Jerry Stiller, and they bump into Ben Stiller, who who's playing uh, the chef. He's just this angry chef and he's cooking everything outside on the sidewalk because it's so hot in hell. Right. And then what I'm going the reason why I mentioned that is because later in Hell City, uh, Chad Lowe's at, at a Vegas type of hotel. Mm-hmm. And he, he I don't know if it's him walking through or if it's Patrick Bergen or someone walks through and there's character, there's all these dead characters at a table. And Ben Stiller is back, but this time he's playing Attila the Hun. <laughs> His sister is playing Cleopatra. And then in one of the my favorite cameos ever, Gilbert Gottfried is playing Adolf Hitler.
1: Right. And he's, he's
0: literally just sitting there yelling like, I'm Hitler, and just random shit like that. So yeah, he I forgot I totally. Forgot he is in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's 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 cool that if I hadn't seen that horror hall of fame special that my dad just randomly like, hey, let's watch it because he knew I was getting into Freddie and, and Jason and stuff like that, and he put it in there, and it's something I've watched numerous, numerous times. Um, I never would have I probably still wouldn't have know about Highway to Hell right now.
1: Yeah, and that's like not an exaggeration. No one talks about it. This movie, no one's seen this movie. Like most people have heard of Drop Dead Fred. Mm-hmm. um, With Highwood Hell, what's so okay? Well, first of all, when I was a kid, the only reason I know about this is we were really obviously big fans of Drop Dead Fred. Mm-hmm. And when I, for half of my life, okay, until I was in my 20s, I thought that the director's name was Eight Jong. Jong. hmm. Eight De Jong, uh-huh. for until I was in my 20s. So I, when I was a kid, Drop Dead Fred. Every time his name came up on the the title card, the directed by Eight De Jong. I, I guess I'm racist or something because I thought he was Chinese. Uh-huh. I was, and I would tell any anyone that I had a discussion with about Drop Dead Fred. It's like, oh, it's this crazy Chinese director. That's you have to see this movie. <laughs> That's why it's so bizarre. His name's Eight De Jong, <laughs> and um. You know, it, it the original Highway to Hell VHS has this iconic cover, mm-hmm. like like you know, like a thousand movies. And I remember, I remember being a kid picking it up and seeing because I always look on the back and read what it's about and stuff. And I saw Eight to Jong, and I was like, Oh my god, that Chinese <laughs> guy made another movie. <laughs> but even until now, but it's Ate to Young. Okay. Uh. Even until now, just until recently, um, I never really liked it. Like I, I never thought uh much about it and never really appreciated all the like you were saying, all the creativity and the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I I did like that stuff when I was a kid, but I always thought the movie was just kind of bad. I'd rather watch Drop Dead Fred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fred
0: is definitely the the, the more watchable of the two. Um but the more now fun of the two.
1: I do appreciate the fact that this is one of those because it's becoming more and more rare uh, to have a movie that no one's seen mm-hmm. that's made by a pretty famous director for the most part. Because he might not be famous here, but you know he's uh, from the Netherlands and he's he's a, one of the very successful uh, directors over there. Hmm. He made a bunch of Dutch movies that I've ne- you can't get them. Because what's weird about um, uh, their country and a lot of European countries is their movie industry is financed by the government. Okay, it's not it's not um, private. It's not a private industry like Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I mean, you can call that propaganda or whatever. That's what it is. Like it's all government approved, and all of your films are funded by the government. So it's like they're not going to be on Netflix or something. You know. You're not gonna see it on the Criterion channel, but I would love to see some yeah. more of his uh his weird mm-hmm. Dutch movies.
0: Yeah, if they're as creative as these two, like I again, just just some of the randomness of both of these films, like Highway to Hell is definitely a lot more random, but it just I love like I said, the creativity. When he goes to when it Chad Lowe, um, who is he is the brother of Roblo, I didn't really realize that until like I was doing research for this. Um
1: the and he's like, her. he has to
0: go to like the River Styx, and he meets Kevin Peter Hall, the guy who plays the Predator, and yeah. he, he he's the blind guy that takes him across. He's not just blind; his eyes are sewn shut. And it, this is an image that always sticks with me. His eyes are sewn shut, but the yarn in his eyes are just—it's not like cut off or anything to look nice and neat. It's just left there, and it just—it's really disturbing looking. Um, yeah. just different different scenes, like, um, and it's another—it's another one of those. Visual gag type movies because like we, we mentioned with hamburger um last time you gotta watch this movie and pay attention to get all the visuals. When Chad finally goes to hell and he sees all these people that are they're already in hell, but I guess they're being put to eternal damnation or whatever. They're literally on a conveyor belt or in a line or something, and they're just being thrown into this gigantic, not like a wood chipper, but like a meat tenderizer or something no, like is,
1: that. It is a wood chipper.
0: Oh, is it a wood chipper?
1: Yeah, that scene's great because everyone's just like they try to give their excuses. They're like, "I didn't mean to do it,"
0: mm-hmm. and he's driving around, and like a, a woman's full leg like falls on the hood of his car, like complete with like high heeled shoe on it and everything. So it's really creative. Um, but then again, like we go back to Fred, and there's more. There's more like <sighs> Fred is more character driven. Highway to Hell is definitely. He doesn't really give a shit about the characters. He's just like, I have a vision. I want to see a completely naked demon try to seduce Chad Lowe, complete with tits down to its belly button, Um, and that's how we're going to get our R rating type of thing. So it's just that's my favorite part. How you go from goofy, silly, character-driven Drop Dead Fred, and it's funny, me saying character-driven Drop Dead Fred, to let's put everything in a blender and then pour it and drink it and see what we get with, with highway to hell. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And they're I think two it's,
0: completely different movies and they're within a year of each other.
1: I think it's not coincidence because, um, that these are the two, the only two movies he made in America. Um, because I've seen a couple of his, he has a couple mainstream, uh, movies that he made in Europe. That not that weren't necessarily funded by the Netherlands, and he made like a World War II movie I saw, and he made a horror movie, uh, which is like a home invasion, mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, you know a rapist uh, murderer takes over this this couple, okay, uh, and they're very mainstream. Like there's you can't tell that he had anything to do with them; it just looks like any other movie. So in the '90s when he came over here, he was so uh, he was he was coming off a wave of a dozen huge Dutch movies that he made. He's like, I'm going to go to America where the government doesn't finance these movies, where you have to have a good idea and like get lucky, and the, the cream rises to the top or whatever. Uh-huh. And he was probably on a lot of drugs. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure everyone at the time was on cocaine. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not coincidence. Like, uh, the movie we're talking about next week, um, all these movies are made about the same time, and they're yeah. all... The the one thing I've got I got a bunch to say about Highway to Hell. I don't want to get too negative. But it's just um I do want to make a point about Highway to Hell and Drop Dead Fred is that there's just so many missed opportunities that it's it's you know, it's not necessary to talk about, but Highway to Hell could have been a real cla- it could have been a classic instead of just yeah. completely forgotten. Yeah. If the big the the problem with the movie is the reason no one's seen it is Chadlow is is he sucks it should have been Bruce Campbell or someone mm. like that. You need a charismatic yeah. leading man not yeah, some,
0: he he's likable but he's just an he 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 doesn't really bring anything to the table he's he's just okay he's just anybody okay. could have played this
1: guy and the the biggest thing is that the whole highway hell i can't there's a there's a reason that um I think of ate as a low rent tim burton is because let's just think of highway to hell compared to beetlejuice Uh we can quote beetlejuice yeah like before i think of visual gags with beetlejuice all tim burton's movies the good ones are like very visual Uh visual driven but the first thing i think about when i think of a great tim burton movie is the the lines yeah we can quote beetlejuice all day we can't really quote highway to hell all day because they were so focused on the the set pieces and the visual stuff, uh-huh. which is amazing for the budget that he had.
0: Oh God, that that, but, that whole scene when they're in the diner and just seeing all the different cops at the booths and every yeah. single dead cop is different. One one is a skeleton. One is yeah. alive, covered in cobwebs. I think one has got like some weird sadomasochistic mask on.
1: Well, just imagine all those great scenes. Uh-huh. Just imagine for a second if. They had brought in a good writer. You know what costs nothing? Writing, <laughs> like <laughs> lines, like the you know the two guys that wrote Beetlejuice for Tim mm-hmm. Burton. Whoever these people are, if they had brought in someone smart to to help put some meat to the narrative, or uh-huh. at least some kind of uh, you know quotable. I mean, it's stupid to say that a movie should have quotable lines, right? But you know, you know what I mean. That, just something to keep it interesting. Yeah. Because it's so unbalanced. Highway to Hell is all visual. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the dialogue yeah. and story stuff, like, I don't even give a shit about story. It's fine. I just think it's such uh-huh. a great concept. Uh-huh. And he tried so hard. I, I've, this might be one of the only movies I've ever seen where uh, a super low-budget independent movie, which this is, so was Drop Dead Fred. Those, these are both independent movies.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Made outside of the Hollywood system. But Highwood Hell might be the, there might be more successful visual things in this movie. I was saying hamburger, but this is like next level stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's so many, even if you hate this movie because it's, it, it's not that good. Right. But you have to admire every minute. There's something incredibly yep. creative. Like you were saying, like the diner scene, there's so much stuff jam packed into that one uh, location. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff look to look at, but nothing's happening right. in the goddamn story.
0: <laughs> they just needed padding because I don't even know if the movie's a full 90 minutes long.
1: Oh, it feels like that.
0: Yeah, it, it does. And then, um, I will say this: like, we'll go back to Fred. Like, you know, it's very childish, and we loved it as kids because even though I, I mentioned in the hamburger uh, discussion that I don't like poop jokes and stuff like that. When you're a kid, you love the, the the scene where he walks in with you know the dog poop on his shoes and he gets it all over you know the freshly uh, cleaned carpet and stuff like that. Yeah. So when you're a kid, you grow to to enjoy like the poop jokes and when he's dressing like pirate, uh, pirate and destroying uh Carrie Fisher's houseboat and stuff like yeah. that. But love then it. again, love I when I when I watch it as an adult, I I said I I grew to still like the slapsticky shit, but one of my f- two favorite scenes is, is it's, of course, it's like I said, it's, it's a pretty heartbreaking scene is where they're saying goodbye. And, you know, he, he helps Phoebe Cates be this strong woman now. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a cliche. It's like, okay, there's the door. Okay, let's go. No, you don't need me. You're going to be going by yourself. They take that cliche, but they turn it into such a sweet moment, you know, where And it's so beautifully shot where they're hugging each other. I think they even give each other a kiss goodbye. And then Fred just fades away and it's just so beautifully shot. And I love that. But the other scene that I grew to appreciate more is when Phoebe Cage is in the the doctor's office and they're going to put her on some pills to get rid of Drop Dead Fred or whatever. And first off, Fred's meeting all his other crazy imaginary friends like there's go to hell Herman and then there's Velcro head and uh, Namby Pamby and then whoever the, the big girl is and it's just them being retarded shaking their butts at each other you know yelling and screaming but then it cuts to this really serious moment where um, either Phoebe Kate's or Phoebe's mom comes out of the doctor's office she's got the big green pills and It's suddenly very, very quiet, and Fred don't know what's going on. And then, uh, I think it's Velcro head, he says, whatever you do, don't let her take the green pills. Oh, why? And of course, Rick being just perfect response, he says, what do they do? Make you sick, make you stupid, I'll take them, I'm Fred. You know, he's not, you know, it's one of my favorite lines in the whole fucking movie. And then they're like, no, no, they're trying to keep this serious. And it's a really cool visual. Velcrohead, like, grabs his neck and he does the thing, you know? But it's just, it's one of those scenes as an adult you can appreciate more because when he does do the drama here, I personally think it's a home run thrown in with all this this chaos, you know?
1: Yeah, this is so, I'm very shocked that I'm hearing this from you. Why is that? No, I I just, it's... uh that i'm just surprised that you're so into and focused on the the dramatic parts of this because they oh i even with when i talk to other people i dropped a friend no one gives a shit about that
0: oh i just and I've it's so to, good i've grown to appreciate it a lot more like i said it's true your tastes do change with movies as you get older like i told my wife the other day like i on my channel every now and then i'll do um i'll participate in a buddy's it's called the slashback challenge. Yeah. And um, I'll give a little plug. My buddy, Joe, the horror man, what he does is every Saturday he picks a category. And if you want to participate, you you find a film, a slasher movie in that category and then just make a discussion video of it. And (laughs) the last one I did was Ice Cream Man, you know, with Clint Howard. Yeah. And the reason why I did that is I didn't really want to. But his category was 90s slashers. And what it was is, you know, I have already discussed the later Freddy Freddy movies, the later Jason movies, Michael, all that stuff. I didn't want to get into Texas Chainsaw yet. And I'm like, I could do Scream, but I don't want to revisit Scream. Because I personally think, I even discuss this with a buddy of mine at work. I'm like, the last time I remember watching Scream, I have the first three. I, I, I love the first one. I really enjoy the second one. You know, me, you know, I, I, we know I hate the third one, but I'm like, I think my tastes have changed since the last time I've watched it. I don't think I'm going to enjoy it anymore. I don't like the self-referential stuff because it's thrown at you so much. I think I'm going to get annoyed with Randy because now I'm going to think he's too fucking smart. So I don't want to ruin that. But my point is I, you know, tastes have changed. I've grown to appreciate this other stuff more. So that's why I think one of the best scenes is, you know, as, as a kid, your favorite scene is the dog poop scene. But now I my favorite scenes are don't take the green pill and then then the goodbye. And I personally think they should have ended Drop Dead Fred with that scene, them hugging him, disappearing and then her her standing up to her mom, her standing up to her husband. And then it's over. But then they throw in uh, the cheesy, oh, Fred's back, and now he's with this new girl, new little girl type thing, you know, being her yeah. imaginary. And that's fine, but I'm like, if you would have ended the movie with that goodbye, it would have been perfect. But I wouldn't have thought of that 15, 20 years ago, you know what I mean?
1: Right. And I don't necessarily... I, I've never really had a problem with that that little tag-along tag, tag along thing they added to the end. It's well, I, like... I
0: don't either, but I think since my tastes have changed, I think, I think it would have been better if they just would have ended... When Phoebe Cage and him said goodbye.
1: Right. And but you that's know,
0: just that's just the 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 tag on at the end is like three minutes, so who fucking cares? You know what I mean?
1: And you said cliche, and that's there's a reason certain things are cliche because they work. And, mm-hmm. and this is very similar to Little Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's very that similar goodbye, to
0: that, that goodbye scene between Howie Mandel and Fred Savage is heartbreaking.
1: That's the point. And and mm-hmm. the difference between these children's movies and scream is scream is uh, designed for a very uh, small short uh, a small window demographically it's for teenagers to like 30 year olds right uh-huh. and there it's not as timeless in the same way that a children's movie is because the children you're the nostalgia for being a child it's something we yearn and wish we could relive over and over again and uh-huh. um, these really great children's movies that are for that are like muppet movies all these things but the darker Mm -hmm. ones that have uh, adult elements and the same children's film it's just they're timeless Mm -hmm. so you might like you know grow out of the slapstick stuff a little bit but i've always been i told you like i love the really dark sad stuff and uh, uh that's always been a part of why I like Drop Dead Fred and why I defend it as because it, it's actually a good movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the sad part is like, um, like Little Monsters, like The End of Edward Scissorhands. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, it it teaches you a lesson when you're a kid that um, you know life's tough sometimes. Like you're gonna lose people, mm-hmm. uh, but the best part of them will always be with you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's what memories uh-huh. are and relationships and all these movies all, all these movies talk about are very similar. But with the Drop Dead Fred, the tag on thing just give gives a little more hopefulness. Yeah. And that she's she's a now she's her own person, but um it's supposed to be funny, uh-huh. but that scene at the end when the kid is doing the pinky uh-huh. uh with Drop Dead Fred, I, I that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's sad because we get to see her actually looking at her uh, a reflection of her what she just went mm-hmm. through and she never mm-hmm. gets to have that again.
0: Yeah um, Now see I, I just took I didn't take it as sad. I, I mean I'm not trying to say I hate the ending, okay
1: yeah Oh no. But,
0: okay, but I also I took it as like, you know what she, she she is an adult now and she's happy. She knows she'll never see Fred again, but she does know that Fred. Lives on, he's got a new friend, he's not alone, he's not gone, you know. Right. Um, and we're talking about like the sad stuff that one of my favorite parts in Highway to Hell is there's a side story, and it's with Richard Farnsworth. The reason why Richard Farnsworth knows so much about the Hell Cop, which Hell Cop is one of the coolest looking characters in, in one of these movies, like he's literally just a cop in a, a cop's uniform, but his face is just skin that's got different things carved in it. Um, He's played by C.J. Graham, who was one of the Jasons. He was Jason in um, Jason Lives Part Six. Um, but the reason why Richard Farnsworth knows about Hell and Hell Cop and this is because his fiance was taken away, and yep. he never got her back. And eventually, Chad Lowe meets her. She's part of this biker gang with this. With the I hate the biker gangs because the the, the actor's horrible. It goes nowhere. This and that. But she eventually. She's part of the biker gang, and then she eventually helps Chad Lowe at the end, save Christy Swanson, um, because there's like a race. And if Chad Lowe wins the race, he gets to save her soul or type of thing. But well, my favorite part is, you know, Richard Farnsworth, it's, it's like an epilogue. You know, they say Chad Lowe and Christy Swanson, you know, they're married now. And they're running a successful video game and pizza delivery company or some stupid shit like that. So stupid. they find a little kid that they rescue from Patrick Burgeon because spoiler surprise surprise Patrick Bergen was Satan. I mean his name is Bezel in the fucking movie, so you know right away he's, he he's the <laughs> devil, you know in disguise, yeah. but they save the kid, and then the kid goes to live with his family or something like that. so you get the sappy ending, then you find out what happened to Richard Farnsworth because. You find out when his fiance saves Chadlow from the biker gangs, her and the head biker, they go off a cliff and they die, but you don't know if they die in hell, if they're, if they're dead or they're going to be re- resurrected or whatever. But it says what happens to Richard Farnsworth. He's still at the gas station warning people don't go down that road. And I think there's a line that says he's still hoping to be reunited with his girl. And I'm like, Wow, after all that bullshit, they throw this at you and I'm like that makes you feel bad, man. And it's 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 one of those oh man moments that that's you don't expect that to happen. And as sad as it is, I think it's good writing because it's not always a happy ending for everybody, if that makes well,
1: sense. Yeah, that's only that's one of the only um things on that that's only that's one of the only plot elements that actually works. One of the sad ones. Mm-hmm. Because they try to do it with, um, with Adam Stork. Uh, Larry. I, I, he's Larry Underwood from The Stand. Mm-hmm. He's the biker leader. Okay. Uh, but they try to do it with him because they explain the rules and how he can never leave. And they have scenes with him where he's crying, like getting emotional with the devil. And uh he talks about how disappointed he was. And these are like they're shot and written really straight, like serious.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's supposed to be super sad, but it just doesn't work. No. But what you're talking about, um, the Richard Farnsworth stuff, I was I got that. It's early on in the movie when um when Chadlow comes back to ask what happened to his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. uh, and he's and the uh, Richards telling him the story about what happened to his girlfriend. And They have a flashback. Mm-hmm. Sh- yeah, he's, a flashback. he's looking through
0: a photo album.
1: And then when they get to hell with the biker gang, they explain the rules about how you can never leave. And the mm-hmm. the and uh, uh, what's his name is delusional and thinks that he can escape. Mm-hmm. Then they show the his girlfriend on the back of the bike, mm-hmm. and it's the same girl from the flashback. Richard yeah. Farmsworth, his girlfriend. Uh, to me, when I when he sees her on the bike and she just looks in his eyes, that's always been super sad to me because you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's she's with this douchebag in hell, yeah. and she can never yeah. leave.
0: Mm-hmm. And she, and then that's another thing that makes it sad is when you're introduced to her and she's sprinkled in throughout the movie here and yeah. there. You're like, okay, Chad's going to rescue her too. He's going to rescue Christy. He's going to rescue the little kid, the dog, and Richard Farnsworth, girl. No, she sacrifices herself. And that, that's another punch to the gut. And then you find out that Richard is still sitting there waiting for her. Yeah. And I'm like, I... that's fucking heartbreaking.
1: That's so sad. You're right. And you and... don't
0: expect that because this movie is so it, its so off the wall and stupid and retarded. But there are some scenes just like that. And I'm like, wow, that's good. You know, and you don't expect that after you've sat through fucking 89 minutes of, I love it, but it's garbage. You know what I mean? Beautiful to watch, but it's it's not a great movie to begin with. But that part right there, that whole thing with Richard and his lost love is great, I think.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a movie made by a Dutch guy on drugs um, (laughs) who just didn't understand that the main character... Chad Lowe's character is so um, not unlikable, but just so stupid. Yeah, he's nothing. Yeah, and that's the problem with the movie. Um, you're not rooting for him.
0: He's not strong enough of a, of a presence. And then the problem is, I think, I mean, Patrick Burden was probably a name at this time, but he yeah. he's just a mechanic until you find out he's, you know, the devil. And then he's got some of the weirdest. Makeup effects when he is the devil with like the, the forehead that sticks out three feet and the spikes around it. He looked kind of he looked like um uh, like the predator from Predator 2 when when um Danny Glover takes the mask off and you got the little bit of the ridge and the, the spikes around the head of the predator, but he's like his like a retarded half-brother, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's interesting. He, so, though.
0: But other than that, you got Christy Swanson, who was a big name. I I think she had already done Buffy the Vampire Slayer Um, and then this was like before the chase but she was in like Ferris Bueller and stuff like that and she's probably the biggest name and she's hardly in the fucking movie when she's in hell she doesn't really do anything you know they got them going to you know her and Chad going to Vegas she gets kidnapped and then it's basically Chad trying to rescue her and she's sprinkled in very little
1: she doesn't do nothing And another thing is uh, they don't sex her up. Like, she's... Um, in the 90s, people wore baggy clothes and stuff, and that's fine, but when she went to hell, the demons and the devil and whatever, they should have put her in something like Slave Leia. I know this sounds stupid, but they no. should have put her in something sexy.
0: Well, they, they tried with the scene where she's trying to seduce Chad Lowe and it ends up being the demon, but that's the even, best. The, even the outfit she's wearing, you for a rated r movie maybe it's because christy doesn't do nudity or at least i I don't know if she does i don't think she did at that time but um because i know she's posed for playboy since then but there's nothing really revealing or at least quote unquote sexy for me in that outfit i mean wow she's got fishnet stockings on or whatever and that's about it you expect her in hell because the big deal is She's a virgin. She's going to lose her virginity to Chadlow on their wedding night because there's like a drop line. Is like I don't want to lose my virginity in the back of a beetle or whatever, Volkswagen or whatever car Chad's driving. Oh, like,
1: yeah.
0: So that's another big deal. It's like she's gonna, they're gonna consummate the marriage. She's gonna lose her virginity. Blah blah blah. So if he's, she's going to seduce him in hell. You'd think it'd be the total opposite, and there'd be everything hanging out as much as Christie would allow. And it was just pretty bland of what she was wearing so it's like you said it's a a kind of a failed opportunity or a missed opportunity
1: definitely it's always a missed or failed opportunity when you have a sexy star and you don't i'm not saying there shouldn't be nudity um i'm not asking for nudity just you know use her use your star properly and i don't Mm -hmm. even know why the movie is rated r um yeah
0: there's I don't think there's any F-bombs. If there are, I don't notice it. Um, the only nudity there is there's a couple titty shots in the strip club. Yeah. I don't think the demon tits count.
1: No, it's Maybe definitely the it's... strip club. It's a strip club. You think so? Yeah, especially that was, uh, you know, 30 years ago when the movie came out. So,
0: And, like... the, you know, and they could have been do because of, like, scary images, because it deals with hell. And there is some
1: good gore in it, so. Definitely. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of like dancing around with the main issue with this movie is, you know, there's nothing, we can't go back in time, can't uh-huh. fix it. Uh, there's nothing we can change. We're just nitpicking here. The one thing that you keep talking about, we we're we're hitting on here is this, no one's ever seen this movie and they should.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh
1: which is insane to me that we live in a culture of people that worship bad movies. Uh I mean that I'm, you know, this is not a joke. Like I'm not trying to be funny. Like I never thought in a million years when I was younger, that our society would have gotten to the point where you're not like a film buff, unless you just hate on things and watch horrible movies for fun. It's insanity. It's like, we're in a twilight zone episode, but (laughs) all that aside, People mm. don't know what this is. Exactly. Like there's it's worth it just for the visuals and the. And there's mm-hmm. so many clever setups and set pieces and shots in this movie from the start to finish that um if anything with this podcast you were trying to put a spotlight on that movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Please go watch Highway to yeah. Hell and uh you know I I might need a, I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Maybe it's better than I remember like is it? I
0: watched it a couple weeks ago.
1: It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Then I don't have anything to like get my hopes up about. But I, I did want to see.
0: It's still good to look at. It's still a horrible film, but it's sure. still creative. And like I said, when he fight when he has to like sneak past, uh, is it Cerberus, the three headed dog? You know that's guarding the way. It looks to... so
1: good. That stop it's motion. For stop
0: motion animation or whatever it was, for in a budget of two dollars and fifty cents, it looks pretty damn good.
1: No, it looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. There, I, that's one of the big things that I lo- I love. There's a lot of it, you'll go, It'll go from super last minute midgets and duct tape effects
0: mm-hmm. to
1: things that they obviously worked hard on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love everything about this movie visually, mm-hmm. especially for forget that it's in hell um one of the oldest a tale as old as time and movies in hollywood is making movies in the desert like westerns uh-huh. because the the scenery is one of the characters and it's just a cheap way to get a lot of uh visual imagery in your movie right but the uh-huh. funny thing about this movie is it's in a desert just a generic shitty desert like all these shitty cowboy movies and shitty sci-fi <laughs> Like every fucking horrible 50s monster movie with a guy in a suit walking through the desert. But that kind of is like takes a back seat to all the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, so I'm, I'm assuming they were, you know, they shot it in the desert to make, you know, it's, it's, I know it's supposed to be hell, but I never mm-hmm. think hell. I just think shitty desert movie. Yeah. I, but it's so funny because none of that matters because you're not even paying attention to the desert. The fucking, setups and when they go from place to place to gag to gag uh it are all incredible that's what's Mm -hmm. so weird to me it's and what makes this movie like super interesting uh if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. i'm assuming when they were making it i can imagine the director and people like oh this canyon's gonna look really cool in the background when they're doing the chase at the end this is gonna look cool no it doesn't it's fucking boring (laughs) all the stuff that they added to it you know what i'm saying? Yeah. <sighs> oh, I love the shit that they added. The uh, one thing I did want to bring up is some a couple points that are very important to me is sure. that this movie came out about the same time as another huge flop. That I think more people, more and more people know about it. But this movie always reminds me of nothing but trouble with Never Dan Aykroyd, it. Dan oh, Aykroyd, movie. Chevy Chase, John Candy. Did we
0: more? The one where he he's like the disgusting like old man yes i've never seen it but i i i always remember what danny De, or danny tefito but dan Aykroyd looks like because i remember the the vhs box cover it's just chevy demi Moore. yes then right there is ugly ass Aykroyd, and then whatever actor is in the movie and it's just like a backdrop of manhattan or whatever town they're in
1: it's vulcanvania <laughs> it's a made-up town in pennsylvania you have to see it okay It's on the same level as *Highway to Hell*, but it's actually like a good movie. Like, and even though again, *Nothing But Trouble* is on that list with *Jaws* four and *Howard the Duck* of worst movies ever made. Trust Uh me, it's not. Even if you, even if you buy into that even a little bit, you'll you'll still be thoroughly entertained.
0: Uh
1: Um, so check that out. And one other thing, I want people to check out. I know you're going to hate this, but i got to say it. No, go ahead. Richard Farnsworth Forms, is in one of the best movies ever made. And I can't think of him or this, or Highway to Hell, without thinking of Disney's The Straight Story. Which I know, I don't. I think we already talked about this a long time ago. I know you haven't seen it, because David uh-huh. Lynch directed it. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. He directed it for Disney. It's rated G. And Richard Farnsworth is a, is a poor old white trash guy who mm-hmm. gets a message that his brother is dying. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. So he drives, he doesn't have a car, and he's dirt poor, so he drives across the country on his lawnmower. <laughs> and it's absolutely incredible. <sighs> and it's not funny at all. I now, highly recommend it
0: i'll i'll give it i'll probably watch it regardless because if you tell me to watch it i'm gonna watch it it is it typical david lynch nope
1: it's not you won't you'll never guess you would never have known david lynch made this movie all
0: right i'm all for it then it's like you you and me i've talked many many times i i absolutely hate david lynch movies you know i don't mind a movie where i have to think but i i can't fucking do his shit
1: oh you'll love, trust me, you're going to like this movie because his brother is Richard Dean Stanton. It's one of the most beautiful, sad, like, uh, I, I can't explain to you how great it is. And you, if I didn't tell you it was David Lynch, I mean, it's a fucking G-rated Disney movie.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: I can't, I think he just made it as like a challenge. Mm. So check that out. And I am don't want to hog up all the time here because I already turned off the alarm, but if we're talking about Rick Mayall, I, I uh-huh. know we're going, we're going a little long here. I have to just make this known to people that might be unfamiliar with him or the people that have even seen Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred is not representative of Rick Mayall's full talents. okay? Because the people that wrote this movie for him, Drop Dead Fred, the gags, the lines, they're all good. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. they're all good and memorable you know it's the mega bitch or you know like i we i we quote this movie all day long
0: oh yeah well i'll I'll just say this you know i don't mean to interrupt you but one of my favorite lines is when you know oh it's the mega bitch you know he's talking about uh, phoebe cage's mom and then if they're in the kitchen (laughs) it's one of my fucking favorite lines of the whole movie um phoebe's mom walks in and then uh, Fred says oh look it's the mega bitch and then the mom opens up the refrigerator and Fred goes oh let's see if there's a steak in there we can drive it through our heart and then you know he gets the fridge slammed on his head but it it's one of those just throwaway lines that you always remember because it's delivered so fucking funny
1: hilarious and who knows what lines were ad-libbed by him or were mm-hmm. written that's great because his head is smashed flat and he does a double take with his face he goes and he goes oh like that? Like he's yeah. checking his head? It's like, yeah. the bitch squished my head! That bitch! Yeah.
0: Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can go ahead and finish your point.
1: No, no. Um, all I was saying was um, all of those things that are great, it's memorable, it's a great, it's a solid movie, unlike Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not a visually driven movie for the most part. I just want to make a point that mm-hmm. it's not on the level of the great Rick Mayall stuff. So, mm. which is if you haven't seen anything else that he's done, then that should be exciting for you because uh-huh. if you really like drop dead Fred and you think that it's funny and great, this was Americans writing for someone that they saw five seconds of on a TV show. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. It, um that's all I'm saying. Don't.
0: And then just to change it, you know, you're a big male fan. I'm a huge Crispin Glover fan. you recently found out that they did a movie together that we had never heard
1: of. Yes.
0: And, uh, uh we're definitely eventually down the line going to have to bring it to the show. Just even if we fucking hate it, we're both going to because we, we we'd never heard of it. Um, we're going to have to watch and discuss it because it, you love Rick and everyone knows I love Crispin. And, and the fact that. I know so much about Crispin, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I know so much about Crispin. You know a lot about Rick and the fact that neither one of us knew that those two had starred in a film it's fantastic, yep. and it's just—it's just one of those weird coincidences.
1: Definitely, it'll get brought up. I haven't—I still haven't watched it yet. Um It's on YouTube for free, so.
0: You remember what it was called?
1: <sighs> nope, I have no idea. You just have yeah. to look it up. It's yeah. like um, nineteen ninety-two or something. It's Rick May. Just Google Rick Mayall and Crispin Glover. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think I got everything out there. Okay. Uh,
0: Well, we can, we can end it here. Um, I'm glad we were able to give Highway to Hell a little bit of a spotlight. I'm glad I was able to talk about the dramatic stuff that no one really talks about in Drop Dead Fred. Um, I think we both agree (laughs) Drop Dead Fred is the better of the two. It's the more fun of the two, but you really need to see Highway to Hell just to see the visuals we're talking about and the creativity and even if you only watch it once and then throw the fucking movie in the trash, at least you can appreciate the effort that was put into make this movie look good, even oh, yeah. though it ends up not being very good.
1: Definitely. He just needed... It's just unfortunate he didn't have some help with uh, the writing. Yeah. Because, it, man, it could have been something really special. But um, totally agree with everything you said. Yep. All right. Well,
0: with it. that, I guess we're, we're going to end it here. Um, we're going to say thanks for listening. Um, I don't know what episode we're on, but it, it, this is a fun experience I have with, with friends. Um, I do appreciate all the frequent listeners we get, like Shannon from Resting Willpower and Jennifer Tochi and, and all those um, people that do consider themselves fans because they have told me that they really enjoy the show. And I just like bullshit with friends, but the fact that I, I do hear people saying that they like listening to us, you know, it's an added bonus. So that is cool. Um, we've got some things down the pipeline that I personally think are really going to be fun um, next week. Um, Frenzy knows what we're going to do next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be another one of those movies that we're going to try to shine a spotlight on. Um, we do have a Halloween themed episode coming up. Um, we have our first request we're going to do. And then after that, I got a special one for friends that he has no idea what's coming. Um So, yeah, thank you for watching. You can find me, um, Hey Internet Eric here, uh, on YouTube. There's a Facebook page. There is a Twitter page, which is also at movies underscore beer 365. Um, I have a side podcast called the Schlocky Horror Podcast Show I do with my buddy Johnny. Um, We're going to be recording. I don't know when the audio for this episode will be uploaded. We're recording on a Friday night but this coming Sunday, me and Johnny will be doing the, uh, <laughs> the Exorcist spoof movie, Repossessed, with Ooh. Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair. Excellent. Um, so that's where you can find me. Um, Frenzy, when you're not stalking uh, Bulgarian girls uh, on YouTube and playing ESO with them, where can we find you? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, you won't be able to find me. That's all I do. I'm on ESL all day long no um, just check me out on Instagram at Frenzy Poo
0: right, and with that we will say once again thank you for watching Um, oh you Two Bearded Losers does have a Twitter page uh, at two underscore beard not bearded beard underscore losers and it's the number two Um, there's an Instagram page that I'm going to do but I'm too lazy to do it right now a YouTube page that I still haven't done anything with. Um, but we're out there. So once again, thank you for watching. And uh, hope to see you in the next one.